Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Katie Helper Show. You can hear the Katie Helper Show every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on WBAI. That's 99.5 FM or WBAI.org. You can also find us on SoundCloud and on iTunes where you can rate and review us. And you can find us on Facebook. On today's episode, we speak to Huffington Post journalist Paul Blumenthal about his piece, How a Twitter Fight Over Bernie Sanders Revealed a Network of Fake Accounts. One Democratic Party consultant said an unnamed client controlled many of these accounts. And that Democratic Party consultant is Sally Albright, and the person who used a bunch of statistics and tools and things I'm incapable of using to discover that she was running a troll farm is someone who goes by the name Liking Online. I interviewed him, and he's really interesting, and my interview with him is available to our Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. And welcome to the Katie Halper Show. I'm your host, Katie Halper. And you know what's happening. I'm being joined, of course, by... It's been a while, but he's back. He's back in action. It's the one, the only, Gabe Pacheco. Gabe Pacheco, welcome back. I'm back. How's life? Oh, life is fantastic, man. I was uh, just um, uploading new pictures to my Instagram. I uploaded this... (laughs) insane photo of uh this wealthy supervillain jeff bezos nice and he's walking this robot dog i'm super excited that he is making robot dogs because i'm allergic to real dogs oh, there you go so hopefully uh these like 2.0 robot dogs will take over the whole market and then we can just uh euthanize the organic don't ever ones. don't even don't do not even say that it's not even funny just so that i can visit all of my friends that have you know want pets sure how about we don't euthanize the ones who are alive though maybe sterilize them we'll phase them out that's a good compromise. We're going to do a mass dog sterilization right, program. Right, and then we get these new robot dogs with lithium batteries and Are they cute? Uh, solar panels. No, they look like monsters. They're straight. <laughs> Sounds like a great plan. <laughs> They're straight. Well, we got to make them cuter. 2020. We yeah. got it in the bag, yeah. Yeah. We got to make them the, cuter. Uh, uh, just, when I saw him walking down the street with this, though, it immediately made me think of Black Mirror Season 3. They got an episode called Metalheads, and it's uh, about an apocalyptic future where all of the security dogs uh, have revolted against the people and and uh, killed them. So you're here making we see. it even sound even better. I mean, you're like they're <laughs> ugly. They're going to kill us. What's not to like? We actually remember Aaron Neff was on their show and we talked about homelessness. And you brought up a study about homeless people who have dogs living longer. Yes, because you need to have something to love. Yes, and uh, it's true. And when humans look into the eyes of dogs and dogs look into the eyes of humans, we release oxytocin, the bonding hormone. It's like they have mirroring neurons, which is what humans, I think humans have. Mirroring neurons help us uh, learn from watching. Oh. So you don't actually have to do the thing. You can just watch somebody else and it's how people become it. drug addicts. I learned from watching you, like the old advertisements used to say. The old so adverts, sad. right? So sad, when yeah. When his father would discover his son doing drugs and found out it was because he learned from watching him. Look, Dad, it's Where not did you get it? Dad, Answer me. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Parents who use drugs have children who use drugs. What else is going on? Oh, I read about Uber. Uh, driverless cars killed their first person uh, recently. He says, so. smiling ear to ear. And I'm not even <laughs> outing you because the audience can hear you laughing. So, no, yeah. I am just, um, 
you it's know, an incredulity, right? What is it? This is a sardonic um, sort of uh, it's acceptance that uh, our techno overlords are going to lead to the apocalypse. You're, it's a Buddhist laugh. You're like, I'm not going to suffer. Why be attached? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. either these robot guard dogs that are going to chase us all down, or when we run into the highway, we're going to get uh, killed by nissan acuras that are uh without drivers automated yeah yeah like that stephen king movie maximum overdrive where the cars all come to well all machines combined with cujo yes how you like that you must be so impressed that i could i could bring up any uh pop culture horror movie horror book reference super excited that you did that deep cut this is a this is a historic day yeah, this this episode of the Katie Halper Show is sponsored by insert like some neo luddite anti technology organization by the Amish community. Right. This episode of the Katie Halper is brought to you by the Amish. We're over here in an undisclosed location, <laughs> churning our own butter, yeah, driving a horse and buggy around my apartment. Shout outs to all the Mennonites in the neighborhood. Mennonites and womenites. Little Justin Trudeau. To change the future of mankind. So we'd like you to look uh, we, we, we like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind, because uh, yeah. it's more inclusive. This go. is an inclusive exactly. show here. We can all learn from each other. <laughs> yes. Never forget. Yeah. We're uh, holding a space for all the womenites. And for people who don't identify as either. Or the men in exes. We're going to have to transcribe this episode, too, for uh, so people can get all of our references. What do you have for me? I was in Canada. Vancouver's pretty. I went snowshoeing. Uh, it inspired me to to work on a a show, maybe a traveling review called Jews and Snowshoes. Uh huh. Um, I think there are a lot of legs. No pun intended. Just a lot of that. I saw the musical Fun Home, as in Funeral Home, which is written by Alison Bechtel. She wrote a book, sorry, a graphic novel that was turned into a musical by two women. A woman composer and a woman librettist. Alison Bechtel of the Bechtel Test, yes. which is about like whether or not any conversations in films happen between women that aren't about men. You know, I wanted to define it before you did, but then I I, gave, I, I held a space held for you space, to do you it. Step back. So that I wouldn't be mansplaining the Bechtel Test Exactly. To you. Yeah, that would have been... We should do that, though. We should do a series called Gabe Mansplains Feminism to Katie. <laughs> and then I can, like, white-splain, like, great moments in Chicano history or I something. I would love that, yeah. yeah. Let me tell you about Cesar Chavez. <laughs> He's a dude. Um, yeah, Alison Bechtel, and it's about her childhood it's really good and i haven't read the book i'd like to but come on the show allison but the musical is about her childhood growing up raised by a closeted gay father who commits suicide and i'm not giving that away that's off no, the bat that's the that premise just, that's the premise yeah and she's like um caption my father was a gay closeted man who committed suicide Caption, I am a lesbian cartoonist. Caption, my dad and I both grew up in the same small Pennsylvania town, and he was gay, and I was gay, and he killed himself. And I became a lesbian cartoonist. Anyway, uh, I recommend it. If you can see it, track it down. I guess they're traveling. Is it on YouTube? Because I, I only yeah, watch things on YouTube. on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Great. It's really great. And it's really pretty. The music is great. I saw that. What else? Uh, Dude, what? Do we got anniversaries coming up? Anniversaries left and right. Vietnam, the 50th anniversary of the My Lai Massacre. Okay, just America. You, you, Doing US. what it does best. <laughs> really, really, really stunting out there. Yeah. Uh, 504 civilians and non-combatants were mowed down by soldiers. 
allegedly, it's not clear how much, but uh, Colin Powell, he was involved in covering it up, perhaps. He wasn't there. Also, Colin Powell, I just came across randomly. I came across a video of him talking uh, Yiddish. He had a Jewish employer in a furniture store. When you were uh, a young man growing up in the city, my understanding is you worked in a baby furniture store yep. and you picked up some Yiddish sayings. Yeah, gesunden Kepel. Yeah, whenever I, was, whenever I was kind of annoyed with somebody, I've got gesunden Kepel. Depending on how you say it, it's mm -hmm. either a blushing or a slap in the side of the head. I preferred it as a slap in the side of the head. So shout out to to Colin Powell for keeping that language alive. Well, where's he from? He's born in, in Harlem as the son of Jamaican immigrants. Okay, so he's a New Yorker. Everybody in New York's yes. a little bit Jewish. We're all a little bit Jewish, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so he was maybe involved in that cover-up. And also, uh, another great anniversary coming up, another hit, uh, the Iraq War. Yay, 15 years since the Iraq War. That's right. Uh, Give what, it up. In, in one more year, the Iraq War can drive. So Depending on the state. Mm-hmm. And what's going on with Afghanistan? So it's like two years older or a year older. Oh yeah, I don't even. So, oh yeah, Afghanistan is I guess Iraq's older brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are there are they Irish twins? Are they less than nine? Whatever. Less than twelve months yeah. apart. That might be a problematic phrase. Irish, I didn't mean anything oh, about it. Nothing, happy St. Patty's Day to everybody Saint out Patty's, there. Happy yeah, latest St. Patty's Day. We say that with nothing but respect for the Irish. I gotta say, as a Jew, sometimes it's like thank God for Italians and Irish people because. I'm kind of allowed to make fun of them, right? Or no? Am I punching a G? I'm at least punching laterally. I'm not punching down because I feel like Jews, Italians, and Irish were like kind of in the same. There, you know, you all have that immigrant struggle right. here in New York City. But that, that Ellis Island yeah. struggle. Je ne sais quoi. Yeah. Right. But we're white. I can definitely make fun of wasps because they're the top dogs. Yeah. Like, I feel no guilt about that. And I can only go so far with Irish people and Italian people, but I can do something. The obviously, reference to being Catholic, not using birth control, and having kids less than one year apart. Yeah. Um, shout outs to no sex ed. Yeah. 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 Shout outs to that. Yeah. Shout outs to the Catholic Church. Yo, stay fruitful. Keep multiplying. We're going to have to look into that. We can do it. Maybe we can do a paternity test for Afghanistan and Iraq, but I'm pretty sure the father is uh, George, well, George <laughs> Bush, George Bush Sr., and. Uh, Dick Cheney. Yeah. Iraq has three daddies. Donald Rumsfeld. Donald Rumsfeld. Yeah. All those. Paul Wolfowitz. Paul Wolfowitz. Wolfie. Shout outs to all the neocons out there. All the neocons. Yeah. Causing trouble. Causing trouble. Going from Marxist to uh, reactionary. Bringing the ruckus. Bringing the ruckus. Yeah. Wolfowitz is terrible. I kind of miss those guys. Those guys were fun to hate. And. Uh, yeah. You mean, uh, what is it? I guess the opposite of chaotic evil. Sort oh, of like a organized evil. Change, yeah, but they're regime change evil. So they actually are chaotic, but they're stealth. They're like pretend to be cakewalkish, right? They pretend it's going to be a cakewalk, which is going to slip in one guy here, take one guy out here. And then next thing you know, you got like ISIS and Al Qaeda. <laughs> they're like, uh, it's like a surprise party. <laughs> surprise. Yeah. Oh, there's a town hall meeting on inequality that Bernie Sanders was at, Elizabeth Warren was at, Derek Hamilton, Michael Moore. Derek Hamilton brought up the big R word, reparations. I am very pleased now uh, to introduce Professor Derek Hamilton. Derek teaches economic and urban policy at the New School in New York City. Both his academic work and activism is aimed at promoting greater economic, political, and social inclusion. His work examines inequality and identity racism, and socioeconomic outcomes. So if we really want to address our race problem, I'm going to say something bold, but America needs to come to reckoning with this. 
we can address, we can redress inequality, and we have lots of programs to do so. But if we really want to address the race problem, there needs to be acknowledgement to go along with that redress. Senator Warren talked about ways in which, even beyond slavery, that we positioned one group of people better off to grow their assets where other people were denied access to that. So to really get beyond our race problem when we're ready as a nation to come together, we need to come to grips with reparations. Love reparations. We do love reparations. We got Nando Villa who, who outed Bernie as not supporting them. He, talk, he explained to us on the show, he made amends, Nando, for asking him that question, for setting him up. That bitch set him up. <laughs> but luckily, we made am- he made amends. And, and of course... Uh, Nando, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yeah, and, and then Ta-Nehisi Coates covered that story, went after Bernie, but then wound up endorsing Bernie. And we should have him back on. And some other stories that we want to get into is this this really interesting uh, expose, how a Twitter fight over Bernie Sanders revealed a network of fake accounts. One Democratic Party consultant said an unnamed client controlled many of these accounts about Sally Albright. We love Sally Albright. She's like a Twitter. She's a Twitter personality who also worked for Newt Gingrich and was in Hillary on Hillary's 2008 comms team, which may explain why she lost. And so she used to be a Newt Gingrich who was the arch, you know, enemy enemy, for the Clintons for a while. Exactly. So she went, she started, she worked with Newt Gingrich after she worked for Clinton. She also worked for Bob Bentley, the governor of Alabama, Republican. So she's a mercenary. She's a total mercenary. Although here's what's weird. When she was working on, on Bob Bentley's gubernatorial campaign, she apparently was doing that for free out of the kindness of her own heart, which is, I don't know which is worse, because he's a Alabama Republican. Pro bono. Pro bono. The... Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so she works for Alabama uh, conservatives for yes. free. For, for, for free. the love. For the love. She's doing it for love. She's kind of one of the faces of the, the pseudo-woke, the people who claim to defend Clinton and her coalition and her and her movement because they are f- feminists and anti-racist, but they're actually quite bigoted in a lot of their their writing and their tweets. And Sally's most famous uh, tweet was was when she said, "Income inequality only matters to cis white straight men. The rest of us have bigger problems." The irony is that if you get how racism and sexism work, you get that the people who are most hurt by income inequality are people of color and women disproportionately. Yeah. And so Sally Albright, it turns out, you know, lots of people like calling people they disagree with bots. It's like a total baseless smear. Literally, you you, you just throw it out there. I've gone from calling people thoughts to calling people bots. From thoughts to bots, the life of Gabe Pacheco. That's right. Um, it's th- all thoughts on my IG and it's all bots on my Twitter. Uh, it turns out that Sally is... Uh, involved in a troll farm right this woman who constantly tweets about other people being bots and troll trolls she herself is involved in one and uh in fact i spoke to paul blumenthal about this really excited to have joining us making his katie halper show debut this is he's gonna get the katie halper show bump big day in history for this guy having to post journalist paul blumenthal thanks for coming on paul hey thanks for having me you had a piece in at the Huffington Post called How a Twitter Fight Over Bernie Sanders Revealed a Network of Fake Accounts. One Democratic Party consultant said an unnamed client controlled many of these accounts. And this article is about one of the show's favorites, Sally Albright, a Democratic Party communications consultant 
who backed uh, Hillary Clinton, and she ha- has a very interesting resume. She's worked for Newt Gingrich. She's worked for Sally Albright, works for the Democratic Alabama Democratic Party, the Alabama Republican Governor Robert Bentley. She was his new media director. She she once tweeted, I heard Dr. Bentley on the local news. He's leading the charge to protect Alabamians from the Obamacare mandate. <laughs> this guy then was accused of misconduct. I, I believe he had, he had an affair and used uh, state government resources Yeah. Uh, to sort of cover up the affair. And then um, when he, he, he's the one who actually appointed Luther Strange to, to the Senate uh, because because Luther Strange was the attorney general at the time and was investigating him. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, that led to the whole Roy Moore fiasco. Oh, right. She's kind of like a real renaissance woman, if you will, politically. <laughs> and she really pushes the the Bernie Sanders and his supporters are racist sexist. She uh, is also friends with Sean uh, Spicer. She dabbles in some pretty anti-Semitic tweeting. She once retweeted a tweet about Bernie Sanders following the protocols of Zion to a T. First, can you just t- tell us, um, lay out the story and also explain how it unfolded, how you even started looking into this? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I came upon this story um, because uh, a Twitter user who goes by the handle at liking online, again, in Trevor, um, he had been having, uh, you know, a fight with, with Sally. I'm sure you, you've talked about these before on your show about, uh, Sally Albright's anti Bernie Sanders tweeting. And she, she was saying that, uh, you know, that, that Bernie Sanders plan for free college was racist. And, and this gentleman, Trevor was, uh, contesting her assertion of that and noticed that anytime she responded to him, he would get this flood of notifications um, from accounts that would just seem to be spamming, like to, to make it uh, difficult to actually interact on Twitter. Like he would get dozens of notifications all at once from the same group of Twitter users. So he started investigating and discovered that they seem to be operating in an, auto, on a, in an automated fashion. And so he posted his findings online uh, I came across it on Twitter and decided, you know, to double check a lot of the work, um, to, you know, Google reverse image search, a lot of the images attached to these accounts and to contact Sally Albright and, and other people who may or may not have been behind this. And, you know, it turned out that there were these dozens of automated accounts seemingly connected to, uh, Sally Albright. Um, that that would you know mass retweet or tweet out links to stories in for, in an automated fashion using a, an application that allows users to automate a large number of Twitter accounts all at all at once. And you know they would they would you know you they would usually do this action for you know anti-Trump, anti-Republican hashtag resistance stuff, but then also anti-Bernie, you know, anti-Bernie Sanders material was also a favorite thing for them to mass retweet. And a lot of these accounts had pictures of other people that I found, you know, elsewhere online. A lot of them were dead people, which is incredibly creepy and Mm -hmm. certainly a violation of Twitter's uh, terms of service. She wanted to honor them. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I, I talked to Sally and she said that she was bound by a non-disclosure agreement with some client 
And that basically what this was, was that people were able to sign up their accounts or old accounts that they no longer used over to this some client who was automating them for whatever purpose it was, it's unclear. And so some of these accounts may have once upon a time been actual people who did tweet their own thoughts, but have since been turned into to bots with fake photos. Uh, so they carried over their followers into the, their new life as a robot. Um, and, you know, that's sort of, I, I couldn't figure out exactly who was behind this. I know a lot of people are speculating that these could be the correct the record bots that we heard about during the uh, primary campaign, but it, it's unclear exactly who is behind this. As, as Sally said, she had a, a non-disclosure agreement and couldn't disclose or wouldn't disclose to me who, who it actually was that she was working for. The person who originally did this research, uh, her user at, at Liking Online, he had uh, compiled uh, on the internet, he, he put up a, a whole investigation and put his data up there. And, you know, these, these were the other accounts that were more commonly shared after Sally was the number one most common uh, Twitter account used. And then these ones were more commonly shared after that. Um, right. And, and so that, that's why I looked at that also because, uh, you know, like at Liking Online, the Twitter user who found this initially had been uh, accusing ShareBlue of having been behind this. They told me that they weren't. Uh, I'm sure that your listeners can uh, figure figure out if that they want to believe them or not. Uh, right. You know, I, I don't I don't know what other uh, research is to be done there or investigation. I mean, obviously, people seem to think that this is connected to correct the records. Uh, use uh, or, you know, alleged use of, of bots during the primary, um, you know, the activity that I mostly looked at took place in 2017. Um, and that's the, these may have been a similar act action by a different client. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. And of course, ShareBlue is connected to uh, David Brock, the born again, who went from being a right wing conservative hitman to being a Democratic hitman, hitman for the Democratic Party. His target used to be the Clintons. Then he started working with the Clintons. So he's a big Clinton ally. And he's connected to ShareBlue, correct the record, Media Matters, and that, of course, is the world of the Peter Dows, the unhinged Peter Dow. Tom Watson, I guess, is a fellow traveler. He doesn't work for them. Melissa McEwen or Shakespeare on Twitter. Melissa McEwen wrote a wonderful piece called, like, The Inherent Misogyny of Bernie Sanders' Anti-Establishmentarianism uh, about him, how he's the establishment. She didn't mention he was Jewish, which I thought was an interesting oversight. She also compared uh, Trump and Sanders' potential debating each other, which they didn't do. And uh, they, she compared Bernie wanting to debate Clinton and Trump's uh, Trump wanting to debate Bernie when Clinton said no to basically to rape. She said they like wouldn't take no for an answer. She does really great work. Uh, and anyone else who I should? Go? Oh, Eric Bowler, too. What was she like when she spoke to you? Sally Albright. You know, there, there was a quote that I had in the in the piece uh, towards the end where she sort of admitted that, like, maybe she didn't realize what this was, what automating these accounts and using them to sort of, like, artificially promote 
a message on Twitter was, I think that um, she was kind of surprised that it was a story Mm. and, uh, you know, maybe she recognized that this was a bad idea and uh, a poor uh, practice to, to use on social media. I mean, I don't know, maybe she used these tactics in other campaigns that nobody noticed before. Um, maybe this is common practice for people in that field. I'm not really, I'm not terribly sure. Uh, but I mean, she, uh, sounded like she was surprised she was in this position. I mean, I don't, I don't think that she's attracted very much like, uh, actual media coverage aside from the, the like fighting on Twitter on social media. Right. She, she said to you, uh, I don't really see it as the same thing as the Russian accounts, but I guess since you're calling me out, I guess that means that it's something that I didn't think that it was, if that makes sense. People seem upset by it in a way I did not anticipate. What is the difference between what she did and what the Russian accounts did? I mean, I think that there are definitely similarities, which is, uh, you know, you're, you're basically attempting to falsify a divisive argument. You're, you're trying to put your thumb on the scale right. with, uh, with, with machines, essentially. Or, I mean, the Russians were, were more sock puppet accounts. They were more like people actually behind them, not, not automated accounts. They weren't, sure. you know, actually what we would call bots. They were real people screwing around. So the difference between a bot and a sock puppet is that a bot is a, is like automated, is controlled by someone else, and a sock yeah, puppet a sock, is like a... a sock puppet would be like, you know, you pretending to be someone else on the internet. Like, Got it, okay. You know, one of one of the the Russian accounts was, was Blacktivist, and they <laughs> right. were on Twitter and Facebook, and it was like a sort of fake Black Lives Matter type... Right account uh but they that's not who they were they were just doing that for you know trolling influence purposes right which is now what that, of that course we now know. led like great people like lisa talmage um on twitter to to say that she knew that they she always knew that those weren't weren't real black people they didn't sound black this is a white woman responding <laughs> to so of course then some people would use that to, to pretend that all of black lives matter was like either Russian bots or duped by Russian bots or somehow complicit or or like tainted by that. But yeah, if you're if you think that a uh, the Russian social media stuff delegitimize our elections, then don't these also just in a different direction? Yeah, I mean, I think that this shows the problems that we have with uh, social media platforms, especially these incredibly large ones that uh, collect as many users as possible and have a kind of economy of scale where you can automate users to target a political conversation and, and that automation has influence. Uh, obviously that's, that's a huge problem that, uh, I guess our elected representatives need to talk about. And yeah, and I'm just saying to be consistent, I mean, Sally herself has tweeted several times about Russian bots or about bots, Bernie bots, she'll just dismiss people as bots. She also, you know, talks about how important the the Russian bots were. So again, if that's important, then so is what she did, right? Yep. When you asked her the questions that you asked her, did you bring up Russia or did she bring it up on her own? I'm just curious. Do you remember? I I had had brought it up. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was wondering. I had asked. She was, yeah. 
if she was more self-aware than I thought, but you brought it up. Okay. And so this is legal? Yes. I, it's, I mean, the question is whether it's a violation of Twitter, Twitter's terms of service, which a lot of it quite likely is. I mean, the use, the impersonation of, of a person is a violation of Twitter's use of uh, Twitter's terms of service. And it's a violation of, um, she was using an application called Buffer, right. which allows you to automate uh, a lot of your, uh, automate your Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat, Instagram, whatever, but you can use it to mass automate a lot of accounts. Um, and, you know, it violates their terms of service as well to impersonate people. Now, Twitter is also currently about to implement new terms of service that limit the amount of mass automation possible on the platform. So some of this will be harder to do mm-hmm. uh, in the in the future. I believe that those go into effect at the end of the month of March. Um, so, uh, you know, this could be harder. I'm sure that there are lots of people out there of any and all political persuasions or nationality, you know, doing things like this, automating uh, accounts, mass automating accounts to push any political agenda. Uh, it's not, there's nothing illegal about it. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't think that we've had, you know, the hearings that we had about, you know, uh, Russian influence through the internet research agency, you know, only barely touched on the automation of, of accounts or, you know, actual bots as opposed to the, the sock puppetry that we saw in that case. But I don't know, you know, what the solution here is, but it's, it's a conversation that isn't really happening at like a congressional legislative regulatory level yet. We're not even talking about laws yet. Right. I don't think anybody is. I mean, you know, there, there's been talk about, you know, how to make ads more transparent. You, you know, the Honest Ads Act is a bill that's being, that was introduced by Mark Warner, Amy Klobuchar, uh, John McCain is a co-signer to that bill. And that would make, uh, you know, ad political advertisements and other advertisements on online, large online platforms uh, disclosed to the public. But it would not address this issue of uh, automated accounts being used to, you know, uh, overwhelm political debates on something like Twitter. So Sally would use Buffer and Buffer, you can like schedule your tweets, right? And you can con- connect them to your Facebook account. But you are allowed to have multiple accounts that you do or like control uh, multiple accounts and, and in one fell swoop you do that or you would do it kind of like you'd log in and out? Oh, you can. Yeah, you can have. So they buffer has different um, categories of membership that you could pay like five hundred dollars a month. Say you're a consultant and you're getting paid by right. a client to do the, to do sure. this. You can have the money to sign up for buffer. And then you get to automate, you know, you, then you can have under your control through through a service like Buffer. I believe Hootsuite is yeah. another thing that deck maybe. allows this kind of activity. Yeah. And so, you know, that would put, you could put dozens or hundreds of accounts all in your control. And then you could sort them into your own groups so that they could do, you know, certain accounts would do some behaviors while other accounts would do, you know, respond to other types of uh, accounts. You can set them up to automatically retweet users. Whenever they tweet, uh, set them up to automatically retweet a specific hashtag or specific content without ever uh, knowing what is, you know, what, what's actually being said in the tweet that you're telling them to retweet. 
so, you know, you're automating this fake interaction that's making it seem like there's support for an idea in, you know, especially when this is happening in politics. Um, you know, it's, it's like it's falsifying democracy, essentially. Mm. Right. It's making an idea look like it's more viable or more popular or more has more kind of like legitimacy or or currency than it may Mm -hmm. actually do may actually have. So you can like tweet from multiple accounts at the same time and say Bernie's racist or whatever it is that that, that they want to say, because I guess presumably you're not impersonating like if you're a social media professional right and i'm hired by a bunch of places mm-hmm. i guess presumably they could all want the same tweet at the same time uh yeah that's my understanding of how it currently works i don't know if it, it will work going forward under any new terms of service but but yeah that that's that's how it would work i mean you know what would violate their ter- twitter terms of service is the fact that you know she was using or whomever had taken these accounts and automated them was we're, we're using pictures of, of, you know, actual people. Uh, you know, one of them was a, an Olympic ice dancer. They mm. took her picture from, in, from Instagram and put it on some, you know, account that's retweeting attacks on Bernie Sanders or, you know, whomever else, you know, ran, random people on Twitter. He's very controversial in the ice skating community. Yeah, exactly. A lot of hot takes, um, yeah, coming out of that. And did this woman find out this ice dance ice skater? Did she find out now? No, does she I, don't, know? I don't know if um, she. I, I believe it. It may have come to the attention of Twitter. Her, the account that was using her photograph had, when I was doing this research for the story had been uh, temporarily suspended. Got it. So you you know it, it came up and told you that, but you could still click a button and it would show you the account. Some of the other ones had been permanently disbanded, like they they didn't exist at all. Uh, one of those had been previously reported in a Vancouver uh, newspaper uh, about a woman, a Vancouver woman whose image was used for one of these bots. So these are people who that she either create someone either created them or they are people who like relinquish their accounts to be used. Yeah, I think that um, I think. From what I could understand, it's people who have signed up their own accounts and may still maintain some control over it, uh, but have also signed away their account to be automated for these kind of purposes that they, you know, they agree with this. And then there are other people who may have signed away their account entirely and the pictures have been changed and it's, you know, completely fake and and then there were a number of accounts also that Sally told to me that were from previous projects of hers that she had signed over, which, uh, you know, a lot of them were still attached to websites whose domain names she had purchased, which was easy to find out. But she said that she had turned some of her uh, old accounts for projects from that were used in Alabama and, uh, you know, other campaigns, I guess, she was involved in. Uh, that were then turned over to this automated uh, project. I spent a lot of time fighting with her and I people would kind of shame me and chide me because I guess it was a waste of time. But now I'm kind of proud of it. Like I interacted with a bot master. I helped save democracy. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put it down for that. And Sally, of course, it named herself. She is like a self-anointed leader of the resistance because she at this website, um, 
what is it, Independent Journalism Review, Independent Journal Review, um, she had two, she did the 100 most influential, like, Twitter resistance people, and lo and behold, she herself was on that. Um, we actually talked about this with uh, Sam Knight and Sam Sachs of the District Sentinel. They have a, pod- a website and podcast out of D.C. Um, but And that's, of course, kind of a right-wing website. Uh, do you know the Independent Journal Review? Mm-hmm. It's yep, like, that so, is, yeah. yep, that's a conservative website. And that is the headquarters of the listicle of uh, somehow of resistance <laughs> Twitter. A lot of these people like Sally and Lawrence and Eric Garland, Lawrence Tribe, a lot of them, you know, do do like to cu- kind of accuse people of guilt by association, call people bots. You know, back in the old blog days, everybody would call someone a troll right. uh, to shut them up. And it's just another way to shut people up. Say, yeah, I'm not going to listen to your argument. Um, it, you know, it's just classic internet behavior. Right. I mean, I do think it's kind of, you know, I, I, I think that I, I wonder if any of these people will be more reluctant to, to call other people bots, given that, um, if they were actually retweeted, which again, doesn't make them a bot, but it's kind of like, since they have no proof when they call people a bot, they're, a, they're more bot adjacent than the people they accuse of being bots. If we, yeah, if I mean, we know, you, you would, yeah, Sorry. you would hope that people would see something like that and, and then think twice about what they're they're saying on, on Twitter. But right. I mean, as, as we know that the number one rule of Twitter is to never tweet. So right. everyone yeah. breaks that rule. Yeah, right. We're already lost causes. <laughs> Has anyone that you've noticed, like, tried to dissociate, like, um, distance themselves from her or s- responded to this at all? Um, I mean, not really. I, I contacted Cher Blue and they told me that they barely even knew who she was. Ouch. Um, and that they had never worked with her. Right. Uh, and th- that's about what I've seen from, from that. And, um, I don't, she said that she's working on a new project. Uh, so, and that's why she disconnected from this one. And so I don't know what that is, uh, or what she's doing right now, aside from right. perhaps still tweeting. It's anyone's guess as to which Republican she's now working for. And anything else, like why why this matters, why you think this is a, an important story, what effect it has on democracy? Like, Yeah, I mean, I think that that's sort of the big thing to take away from this is, uh, you know, we, we've had this conversation about Russian bots from the Internet Research Agency. And, you know, there are other bots out there. There are other political actors in our domestic politics who have their own agendas, who are using automation, you know, the technology that we have to automate uh, political opinion and to amplify political opinion through this kind of automation, which is, you know, it's putting a thumb on the scale in a democracy, in in a debate that we're having. You know, if Twitter is a public forum, even if it's controlled by a private corporation, uh, if it's a public forum where we're supposed to be debating uh, the policies of this country and deciding who gets elected. If, you know, one side is just a bunch of automated robots controlled by a single person, making it seem like a subject is trending, something is more important than it really is. Uh, you know, that's the problem that we have in our democracy. It makes a, a, something look like organic, more organic and more grassroots. And it's, I mean, this is kind of astroturfy in a way. Yeah, exactly. It's very similar to AstroTurf or 
you know, I remember years ago there was an issue where there was a net neutrality hearing and Comcast or one of the telecom companies paid people to show up and fill up all of the seats so that the pro net neutrality people couldn't sit in the meeting and ask questions. And so, you know, I don't see how this is any different than that. It's just this, you can do it at a much greater scale because you actually don't have to pay a robot. Yeah. So it's like e-astroturfing. Yeah. Online astroturfing. Yeah. Um, great. Well, yeah. And, and again, I just think, you know, anyone who's, who's thinks that the, um, the social media Russia stuff really tipped the scale can, can sleep better now knowing that these people also were being retweeted. So, you know, d- democracy was distorted to the extent that it was uh, in both directions. I think maybe they balance out. That's, that's my takeaway. <laughs> I think that this is happening, uh, from all different directions and it's hard, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to figure out where it's going on, it's a, it's a difficult thing for anybody on the platform to figure out. Um, and so I guess, you know, we need to, we need more reporting and more investigation of these kind of activities. Right. But certainly that there's no, like no, no one is talking about this and they, they total the, the attention that is being paid to, to this when, I mean, you, you're the only person who's written about this on a, I mean, uh, liking online has, but um, you're the mm-hmm. only person who has at a major outlet. Certainly, you know, has gotten no real attention. And you obviously Huffington Post is a high profile publication has a lot of reach, but people who are who consider it a a kind of national emergency, uh, that there were some people paid by Russia to tweet seem to be totally okay with uh, what Sally Albright did. So it just seems like a total lack of consistency. Like, if one is important, then uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could be. I think that people need to pay attention to all kinds of abuses of the platforms that are happening. And I think that, you know, the platforms also need to pay attention to what they're doing to uh, encourage this kind of behavior from any actor. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Paul Blumenthal. Yeah. You can find him at Huffington Post, and you can find him on Twitter at Paul Blue. That's Paul B-L-U, no E. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks so much. Bye, Paul. Bye. That was Paul Blumenthal. Scrumptious. Scrumptious. So informative. So informative. Makes great points about how our democracy is at risk. Our democracy is being played. The cool thing about the Sally Albright story is that uh, she's not the only one who was part of this uh, part of this bot uh, network. Other people who were retweeted a lot by the same network was Eric Garland who's kind of insane and talks about... Oh, sorry, that's ableist. He is an interesting man who talks a lot about time for some game theory. He's really weird. He's kind of hysterical, obsessed with how great Ronald Reagan is. He's one of these... There's this whole new genre of people who, like, love Bush and Reagan. And the Iraq War is a good time to remember. Right, right, right. Or the Iran-Contra affair. Or uh, introducing crack to oh, South yeah, Central. Yeah. All of those, right. But Or uh, Governor Reagan when he was uh, at war with uh, civil rights activists yeah. in California. Yeah. Or Governor Bush when he was just killing people on death row and making fun of them and laughing. Or Bush Sr. when he was the head of the CIA. And like invaded Panama? Or was that, that, that may have been under his vice presidency. Either way, complicit in that invasion getting rid of noriega that was him yeah 
I think Grenada was a uh, Reagan, another really important invasion, which I slept so much more soundly at night once we got rid of that. Or the assassination of Archbishop Romero yeah. in El Salvador. Yeah, all those great hits. Um, <laughs> the the hits just hits just keep on coming. But you know the the uh, anniversary, the 15 year anniversary of Iraq is a good time to. Uh, you know, really, <laughs> to really bask in the glory of George Bush and be ashamed of ever pointing to him as a good guy. Yeah, you can hate Donald Trump and think he's unprecedented in some ways, and still give George Bush credit, W credit for being unprecedented. Well, you know, Trump hasn't started the wars yet. Right, he's just he's just living uh, with he's just got it on cruise control. Yeah, for the wars that we're already enmeshed in. Yeah. You can we can walk and chew gum at the same time, right? We can say that George, that W was a terrible president and killed lots of people and is responsible for a lot of this, and um, we wouldn't have Trump without him. That's in lots right. of ways, and yeah, Trump is like unhinged and doesn't have a, you know, Mike Pence is not Dick Cheney. At least he's not an overt Dick Cheney. Like we always knew that Dick Cheney was calling the shots. I don't even Bush. know what Mike Pence is doing. Not well, I knew not, what Cheney was doing. He's not hanging doing. out with women. Yeah, found his wife. I have sad news for Vice President Mike Pence. Groupies out there. Apparently, he won't go out to dinner with a woman. Mm-hmm. We've heard, unless his wife Karen is with him too, mm-hmm. and he won't attend any event where booze is served without her either. That's a great cover. <laughs> I can't hang out with women. I have to hang out with men, or else I'll <laughs> cheat on my wife. So let me keep hanging out with these men. Just gonna hang out with men. All it's, day. It's all day, all night. You know what? <laughs> give me give me a couple of weeks to hang out with men. I gotta I'm hang gonna out go to a, a cruise. I'm gonna go on a cruise. Yeah. Because I don't yeah. want to see any women. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's gonna have to be a gay cruise, only because <laughs> I'm afraid I'll run into a woman if I'm not in an all male environment. And that happens to be a you know the yeah. easiest moving vehicle. There's no temptation. Yeah, no temptation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no women. No forbidden fruit. No forbidden fruit. And that way I won't cheat on mother. <laughs> We've all been there. Mike Pence does for the record, this is not an expose. This is something he himself has said. He calls his wife mother. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's like an Earth Mother, like Papa Pachamama type thing. I, I love it. It's Gaia, me thinking Gaia, of the dancing Gaia. song every time you yeah. say it. Yeah. That's a great song, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, a, it's like an amazing song. Yeah. I'm so glad we had the excuse to cut to that song. Uh huh. It's so great. I really like that song. Sorry, I'm getting so excited. Mother. Tell your children not to walk my way Tell your children not to hear my words What they mean, what they say Mother Mother Can you keep them in the dark for a while? Can you hide them from the wedding world? Oh, mother Somebody sings that song at every karaoke. You know, I've literally never heard it sung, ever. We go to, we have different karaoke, karaoke demos. Demos, exactly, yeah. totally, yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to have to do a live taping with karaoke of the Katie Helper Show, and we're going to have to do Mother. Yeah. Just putting it out there, yeah. Dedicated to Mikey Pence. Mikey Pence, yeah. Um, oh, I didn't, so Danzig is not the person. It's Glenn Danzig it's is Glenn the person. Danzig. The band is Danzig. Well, there's a great viral clip of him from a while ago getting knocked out. What happened to him? <laughs> he he just tried to step to somebody backstage. Do you want a bang head with me? And uh, he got knocked out. It's very, very funny. He's okay, though, right? He's we want to make sure he's okay he's before fine. we make light of that. Yeah. Okay. 
To hear the rest of our interview, please go to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. You're definitely going to want to hear the rest of that interview. Right on. And you can follow me at Gabe underscore Pacheco on Twitter. And follow me at KT Helps on Twitter. That's letter K, letter T, H-A-L-P-S. And use the hashtag KT Helps Show. That's letter K, letter T, H-A-L-P-S-H-O-W. Also, rate and review us on iTunes. We love it. Leave reviews. They're the best and they keep us up there in the feed. Yep. And find us on Facebook also. And make sure that you tell your friends and family and loved ones about us. We will see you soon. Yeah, we'll get uh, back to you about a live show coming up soon. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Katie Helper Show. We'll see you next week. And make sure that you subscribe to our Patreon so that you can hear our bonus episodes. We bring you my interview with Liking Online, the person who discovered Sally Albright's troll farm. And we bring you a little review, a little pop culture review. Just go to patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. 